2: Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Monday. at Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel. A lot of football to get to, and things are still a mess in Tennessee. That is the news of the day in the college football world. Jeremy Pruitt out. Phil Fulmer retiring and uh, former Husker assistant, a great assistant here in Nebraska, Kevin Steele, is minding the store. We'll uh, spend some time. Talking special teams in direction in Nebraska with uh, Blackshirt Husker NFLer Jay Moore. In 20 minutes, in Hour 2, Mr. Blackshirt Charlie McBride will join us. Some thoughts uh, all over the football world. Nebraska, of course, uh, an assistant under uh, Coach McBride was Kevin Steele. Uh, what, what does the future hold for... Tennessee and listen, man, you've seen this happen at at programs and your own as a Nebraska football fan. The reset button hit every X number of years. I have done the math on this and since Phil Fulmer was ousted in two thousand eight. Just count with me here. Lane Kiffin for a year before he went to SC. John Cheney was the interim. So Fulmer Lane they went uh, and got Dooley. All right, Dooley was whacked uh, midway through year three. Chaney was the interim there. Then they went and got Butch Jones. Butch is making thirty-five grand from Alabama, and still getting paid through February of this year. Two hundred k a month from Tennessee. Uh, Butch got whacked. They go get Jeremy Pruitt. The interim between Butch and Pruitt was your fat man in a little coat, Brady Hoke. And, and now they're on to Kevin Steele. So that's three interims and, and five head coaches since 2009. And they're pissed they're 3-7 and seven every year. Not every year. They went to a bowl a couple of years ago under Pruitt. But you get my point. Man. Well, at least Nebraska's not Tennessee.
0: I'm curious as to what these actual, like, the, the ins and outs of these recruiting violations are from Pruitt.
2: Dude, it, you know what it is? It is absolutely 100%. This guy isn't getting it done. Uh, we had Greg Schiano hired three years ago. And then you didn't. And then you didn't. <laughs> we had the pirate hired, and then we didn't. Fulmer's stepping down. I mean, it's... Listen, in, in COVID climate 2021... 20, Nobody wants to hand out a monster check. If they can find cause on the guy, which they have, allegedly, are or go- are going to, because you got this law firm out of Kansas that's that's doing the investigating, and it's it's $12.7 million is what's left on his contract, and if they pop him for cause, which they're going to, or they're going to at least be able to not pay the full twelve point seven. million, Maybe somewhere in the middle is where they'll meet because he'll countersue for, you know, listen, I was fine. I was terminated unlawfully. Um, I mean, Phil Fulmer started the press conference today. Like, we're, we're recruiting well, I bet. <laughs> but not well enough to beat Georgia. Not well enough to beat Florida. Not well enough to stay within four touchdowns. Of your, of your crossover, your permanent crossover, that's Alabama. How about drawing that every year? Your permanent crossover in the name of rivalry is Alabama. So this is a, an interesting fire at Tennessee. And th- listen, man, they have the fire department on standby. The good news here is you were able to, during a hiring freeze, you were able to go hire Kevin Steele for a two-year deal. The chancellor of Tennessee was pretty high up at the University of Nebraska Business College. And now she's the chancellor of Tennessee. Uh, You go get Steele away from Auburn. Gus Malzahn is sitting out there. That will get you eight wins a year in the SEC. If you're a Tennessee booster... Do you finally realize that maybe the best we can do is seven and five, eight and four after, carry the one, eight different people in the head coach's office since 2008? I don't know. Maybe it, time to accept some reality. The other part of this is the the other, like, no-brainer hire is you freeze, but can you honestly go get you freeze after you pop a guy for recruiting violations. Just saying. There's still smoke. Everybody in the SEC's tried to hire you freeze as a coordinator in some form or facet. And something, something keeps him at liberty. <laughs> okay. Twitter's hilarious. It's so good because you see you freeze, you see Tennessee and you see different gifts of The Freeze family realizing Tennessee's on line one, and it's a family of 12 all trying to get out of the kitchen at the same time and pack their bags. Or the other part where someone posts this where you Freeze realizing that the name of your quarterback is Hooker, and the look on the person's face is just pure joy. (laughs) (laughs) And then this oldie but goodie, where you throw out the all right, post your coaching hire if you're making the choice, and I still love the picture of Peyton Manning and Shades doing the 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 uh, the Doc Holiday gun salute deal. I don't know. Tennessee is is probably a, a tough sell. Great area, good football. You're in the middle of everywhere, which means you can go to the Carolinas, you can go to the Georgia. You can go to Arkansas, you can go to Bama, you can go to the Ohio Valley, you can go to Kentucky. I mean, you can go to... Where Tennessee is located is bordering a billion states that have more talent than in-state Tennessee. And it's beautiful. Been there a couple of times. So, good luck, God bless. It's fun when Tennessee's good at football. Mm-hmm. But this law firm that is is going through the work to make the university ease out of that $12.7 million payout is the same law firm that helped them get Bruce Pearl out of Tennessee. It's the same law firm that has kept UNLV off the death penalty slab for recruiting violations for Lamar Odom. And that got a, a NCAA gun put to Rhode Island's head the year that Lamar Odom was at Rhode Island. They also have been employed multiple times by Louisville and their basketball program. <laughs> so these are the guys you want on your side, whether you're going after somebody or you're trying to uh, to be defended. Poor Tennessee! Like, who is going to go want to coach for Tennessee? After you've had this, a, you've had better, higher options, honestly, than than a a Saban assistant. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying Pruitt's a bad coach. He's a hell of an offensive coordinator. He was great at Florida State. He was great at Alabama. Some guys are just better coordinators than they are head coaches. And let's just let's just stop with this holier than thou attitude. And I'm going to talk in the context of the SEC because it, it it it's rampant. It exists. Where's my proof? I don't want to get sued for libelous, but I mean it. Just it just happens, all right? Are you good at covering it up or not? There's dirt everywhere on everybody. You would think it's just how blatant are you? And Tennessee's never Tennessee's. They 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 got great players when Fulmer was there. NFL dudes, okay. I mean, Jamal Lewis, Peyton Manning, their receiving core, their defense, they, they were a really, really good program. And then Fulmer wasn't winning enough, and they ran him out. And then it's and they had Lane, and then Lane was there in 7-6, and six, and then it's been a dumpster since he left, honestly. And the year that Butch beat Nebraska in the Music City Bowl, that was a decent team. The thing that I think drives Tennessee fans nuts is – they get beat by the big dogs. They get killed by the who's who. And they're, they're sick of their, their reality, where in a really good year, they're third in the East. Because Florida is head and shoulders above with talent, playmakers, and now coaching. Georgia, head and shoulders above with talent, playmaking, and coaching. So there's two losses. And then your permanent crossover is Alabama, so there's three losses. So you're five and three if you don't drop one to Kentucky, or South Carolina's not great, or Vanderbilt doesn't bite you, and they shouldn't. And then whoever your your other crossover is, I mean it, it's just it's just murder in that league. I mean Mississippi, Mississippi State, LSU, A and M, Arkansas. So, good luck. Yeah. They'll pay the next guy a bunch of money to come in. The right hires, you freeze. The the safe hires, Gus Melzon. And right now, Kevin Steele is in charge for as long as it takes him to find an athletic director. And does that new next head coach have to keep Kevin Steele? Because he was hired on as a football analyst, but the guy's a great defensive coordinator. Think about this. I'm going off here on Tennessee, sorry. But if you could pair U-Freeze and Kevin Steele together and recruit, then we're talking about something with being able to keep up with Alabama and Georgia and Florida from a recruiting standpoint. Uh, when it comes to Nebraska, no news on player departure as of, as of yet. No news on coaching staff right now from from last week it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next seven to to ten days with nebraska we'll get a recruiting hit from greg smith one or two spots is what's available for nebraska uh to to round out this 2021 class because the signing day is fast approaching uh, in, uh, in February here. Uh, I think next uh, two weeks away is where we're at. Numbers to get in today, 466-3776- 4, 6, 6, 7, 7, 6, 466 6, 7, 7, 800 5865. 5, 8, 5. Now, if you're Tennessee uh, and Gus is a no, you Freeze is a no, do you go give Joe Brady a ring? Do you go After Napier at Louisiana, do you go look at Bill Clark at UAB? Do you look at uh, uh, Chadwell from Coastal Carolina? Here's a name that didn't do bad, but didn't do enough. Does he trade shades of orange? From burnt orange to Tennessee orange. Parking cone orange. Tom Herman's out there. I mean, Tom Herman's a guy that didn't recruit well enough at Texas, but he knows Ohio. Good news for uh, Chris Olave for Ohio State. He's coming back. Justin Fields is off. So last slide here on Tennessee, you've got the Chancellor, Donde Plowman. It says her office received a verbal report from a credible source. About a potential serious violation by by the football program, and then they began the internal investigation immediately, and then engaged outside counsel. NFL, great weekend to NFL. Not a great weekend for me. I think I ended up going two and two with my NFL picks. Cleveland uh, made a lot of Chiefs fans sweat. Higgins got drilled by Dirty Dan Sorensen. And you've got the fumble out of the end zone, the touchback, the non-targeting call, Mahomes and where he's at with his health for next weekend as the Buffalo Bills head to Arrowhead. That should be dynamite. Josh Allen's playing great football. Buffalo's defense is solid. The wind is pure hell in Buffalo. Uh, That is a reality uh Baltimore was in it then they weren't the pick six flipped it completely Tampa Bay was just absolutely incredible with their defense with the turnovers they forced and they leaned on the run game and that run game came through in the fourth quarter uh Green Bay was solid and they just really started wearing out the Rams up front good run game by Green Bay and just not enough offense there it looked like the Rams might get the, at least the backdoor cover. They're driving, you know, 25-18, and then it dissipated on them. But uh, we, we've got the, the Final Four we're all pretty excited about, right? And listen, we'll hear we'll hear from Drew Brees before the show's over. The, as great as he is, that is absolutely brutal. A brutal way to go out if it was his last game with the interceptions and just how ineffective he looked. Uh, don't kid yourself, not having Taysom Hill was big in that offense. And Tampa tightened up in the second half, as Camaro kept uh, was was held pretty well in check in that fourth quarter. But you go from being up twenty to thirteen to losing like they they did thirty to twenty. I mean, what a one eighty in that second half by Tampa.
0: The most important thing I took away from this weekend just as steak a whole. Steak a beer. Was that I won the steak and a beer you Because you,
2: you had the Rams and Neither you had one. Green Bay. But we
0: both went 2-2. Two two. I got both the games Saturday. You got both the games Sunday?
2: Yeah that's, yeah. that's how it worked out. So pretty much even. I, I, not, I got the tiebreaker of the stake. and a beer. I know. And I do <laughs> not like a 500 record. I'd been on a roll at worst going 3-2 or 4-1. Uh, Jay Moore's up next. We'll talk some special teams with him. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
1: All-state, two-year starter. And rush in for the Big Red, and NFL bet. It's Dugness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, don't do the Reno not into the whole brevity thing. It's Blackshirt, Jay Moore with Hale Varsity Radio. Baseball.
2: Back with you, it's Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We love talking some NFL with Blackshirt Husker NFLer Jay Moore, and he's co-host of Big Red Wrap-Up. His podcast with Herdat Media is more to it. He's hiding out somewhere in Lancaster County in his vehicle to do this interview. Jay, what's up, man? How are you?
3: Good. Happy Monday. I am, uh, I'm doing well. How are you?
2: Good. Uh, excited for uh, another weekend of football. Excited. And you tell me, take me back. This is, this was not the most exciting time in a college football player's life as you get back and get sent for winter conditioning. Uh, did you ever visit the puke bucket?
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's just, this is a rite of passage. You know, <laughs> it happened a lot earlier in, in my career in the winter conditioning part. But yeah, you always. There's always a time, you know, it just kind of depends on, a lot of it happened on Mondays. It kind of depends how much uh, how much time you might have spent down on Oak Street on the weekends, how no, that Monday workout went. But no, you always, uh, you always, you always were, you know, what they call, you know, calling for dinosaurs, how they said the varsity blues, you know. <laughs> so there's, there's definitely times, and you always laughed when people were doing it because, you know, you know what they did on the weekend, or you know some some extracurricular activities they might have got into. But yeah, yeah, there was there was definitely a time and place for that in, in my career.
2: Jay Morris with us. So let me let me ask you this. So, did the fear of Monday morning conditioning help you call it a night early on O Street, perhaps, or through <laughs> the Daily <De> Owns drive-through? <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, uh, yes. You, you mean. Usually, usually, got if you're going to do something, you you got it in on Friday, ah. and then you took it. You, you know, you celebrated. You got through that hard that, that week, and then you you know Friday was a night, and then you kind of and then you recovered Saturday, and then you got ready on Sunday because you knew you're in for you're in for a treat on Mondays. So yeah, because that's usually you know when your tougher workouts are always on Mondays because they, they knew they wanted they didn't want guys to. Uh, take advantage of uh, too much free time in the weekend so you had to, you had to be careful you had to be smart you know it's about you know working smarter not harder sometimes
2: uh, Jay Moore's with us Hail Varsity Radio Jay let's spend a minute here on Nebraska football before we get some NFL takes and you know as you look at this this special teams role time will tell if if there's an opening or not but Is it right to go with the analyst role? I mean, you've seen a coach handle it; that's not any longer part of the program. And then you saw Rutledge as an analyst try and handle special teams. So, what's the the best move moving forward for Nebraska football with special teams? How do you go about it so it gets better?
3: I think you've got it. Whether you it's an analyst, it's a you know dividing it up amongst you know, your assistants or you hire a full-team guy, it's got to be a dedication and a commitment to it, 100%. It has to be viewed just as important as an offensive defense. It has to. And if it's not, you're if it's viewed as, you know, a, a pain in the butt or, you know, something that we have to do, you know, it, you're going to continue to be poor. You're going to continue to roll 10 guys out on punt team. You're going to continue to give up funk uh, fake punts. You're going to continue to give up kickoff returns because if it's not important to your coaches enough, then it's not going to be important to your players, and the players won't give their attention to detail to it as well. It has to be, it has to be uh, a commitment. And you know, uh, looking back at you know my, my time in Nebraska, we were pretty good on special teams. You know, we had Bill Bush, who was the safeties coach, but Bill was was ran special teams, and he was passionate about it. He was intense. Uh, he made it. You know, you had. A, he told you how important it was, and he would bring up. They always had stats for us to say, okay, if this happens in a game, this is what our chances of winning are or losing. So, like, you uh, uh, blo- uh, you get a blocked punt against you, your chances of winning that football decreased by like. Right, the 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 numbers were staggering. So you got to p- present it to your kids because I've always said. I mean, special teams. It's not. It's not a fun. You know, sexy thing. You people don't get recognized for being a great special teams player. You just—it doesn't really happen. And you got to present it to your kids and show them how important it is and how it needs to be. You know, a strength of your team and not a weakness. And you know, for—I mean, hell, now for—it seems like damn near a decade that uh, it's been a weakness. Other than maybe, other than maybe you know, you look at uh, you know that Bo Pelini mm-hmm. your time or. The punt, the punt returns got you know cleaned up and you know Demory Pearson got going and we always seem to have a decent kicking game whether it was you know Alex Henry or Brett Maher or whoever it may be but we just it seemed to be it's just been a bump in the road and and when you're when you're not good enough to blow teams out especially in the Big Ten and you lose a lot of close games that comes down to special teams most of the time that comes down to the ability to flip the field the hidden the yardage. Uh, the, the points in there that you that you can get, uh, you know, whether it's off of a field goal, you know, or you just time of possession type of deal, you know, and it just it just changes the game, it changes the outcome of the game more than what people realize. And I think it's it's got to be a dedication uh, from the the head man from Scott Frost down. It has to be that it needs to be almost like a come to Jesus moment, like hey, we're not going to have this beat us. We're going to play our better players if we have to. We're gonna. If they have to get in better shape, then we're gonna get in better shape, so they can play. You know, maybe five to six more snaps on special teams. You know, it has to be a full commitment and a full overturn because an overhaul. Because it's just you're not you're not good enough to to uh, you know blow teams out. This isn't the American Athletic Conference where you can score 50, 60 points a game, and if you give up a punt return or kickoff return you can overcome it because you know you're going to score four or five plays later with your offense. That's not going to happen in the Big Ten. So there has to be a complete overhaul and a discussion and a maybe more more importantly, an uncomfortable discussion with the staff to get this thing right.
2: I think you nailed it. You, you've got to really, truly pay attention to it and, and embrace the importance. And once that happens, then things can be okay because I know that they've got people down there that can coach it. I want to go back to Bill Bush because if there is a staff opening, you hear the name Carlos Poke, you hear Bill Bush, you hear other names out there. Bill Bush, I think, has tried to get back to Lincoln. I know he has family and, and, and I think his wife is still in town. But Bill Bush has been pretty high level, not only at recruiting in his career, uh, and you look at his different stops, but he's, he's pretty renowned. Yeah, he's a secondary coach. He's also coached outside linebackers. But Bush is kind of the man when it comes to special teams to, to go along with his recruiting. What was he like? I know you mentioned him giving you stats and selling it to you guys on special teams. But was he a pretty good motivator? And from your ears, has he kind of mellowed uh, for today's tw- you know, 2021 athlete?
3: He was intense. And I think you look at most special teams coaches and, you know, and you go to the NFL, you have guys just dedicated for special teams. They are off the rocker. They are a different type of breed. They are kind of
2: psycho, right?
3: Yeah, they are. But you have to be. I mean, mean, running down on a kickoff is like running headfirst into a, you know, a phone, you know, a electrical in your car. I mean, it's a car crash. And you have to get guys in the right mindset. And, you know, it's just – it's a crazy – it's a crazy game. I mean, that's that part of the game is so crazy that you, you have to get guys right and you have to have energy to do it. You have to be – it just takes – it's it's a different type of mentality. Um, it is. It's just – it's – I mean, the game's, you know, been – I don't want to say softened, but they, they're trying to take those car crashes and, you know, out of the football game. Um, so it's not – quite as severe but it, I mean running down as fast as you can and then into another human being that's trying to block you or you're trying to block another human being that's running as fast as they can into you and then you know it's the same as on a uh, punt return or a punt team and it's just it's it's crazy stuff and you got to be crazy I mean you got that it has to be an energy a bill was intense he was intense he was attention to detail if it wasn't right he let you know and it didn't matter if you were a senior starter or if you were a true freshman that's playing and it was it was important to him it, he took pride and he had energy for it and that's that's you know the main word he had the guy had a ton of energy uh and i don't think you I mean i adjusting to this day and age of athletes i mean i, I just think it's just got to be you know they got to adjust to you know these day and age got to adjust to you know the energy of, of that coach. I mean, mm-hmm. you got to you got to meet those coaches' expectations. That high energy and that passion, and you know, obviously, I don't think they have that passion down. You know, at uh, on one Memorial Drive right now, on one Stadium Drive with the special team, you just you just don't see it sometimes. And uh, they need to they need to address it. Whether it's you bring in a full team, a uh, full staff guy that just looks at it, or you're you're breaking it up, or, or you know whatever it may be, uh, you got to you got to. This can't, this can't be a, you know, a, you know, a crutch or an extra hurdle. You got to get over. This has to be a strength of your of your football team, and it has to be important. It has to be very, very important. And this, that's just that's a that's a that's a that's a that's a talk that Frost and his staff has to have. Because again, it's just it's 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 beating you. It, it's a it's it's causing you more harm than than good right now mm. for this football team.
2: Few more minutes, Jay Moore, with us on the other side of the segment of Our City Radio Monday edition. Reminder about your friends at West Blue Realty, and if you're looking to make a move this year, West Blue Realty specializes in residential home sales in Lincoln and surrounding communities. Will help make uh, that next choice, that next home, and where you head. Uh, pretty painless for you. For a limited time, you mentioned Hale Varsity. West Blue Realty can provide you up to $1,000 on the closing of your next home purchase. Who does this for you? Tom Luby, Kelly Hoffschneider. Give. Tom Luby a shout now at 402-540-3768. Or call Kelly Hoffschneider as well. Both men do an amazing job with West Blue Realty. Kelly's phone number, 402-202-2312. It pays to work with West Blue Realty, westblurealty.com. Get an appointment today. They're located at 1120 K Street, Suite 200. And if you have some agricultural land, listen, West Blue Realty can help move that ag land you're looking to maybe unload. They have their own auctioneer. They can handle live auctions, sealed bids, general land listings. And they've sold land all over the state of Nebraska, Seward, Oto, Lancaster counties. They can handle a large radius. Uh, give them a shout, West Blue Realty. Log on, West Blue Realty. .com, 1120 K Street. More with Jay Moore coming up here next segment. Charlie McBride is 20 minutes away. Some crouton with Greg Smith. Some names on the radar. Another name on the Tennessee radar that is out there. Would he take the gig? We'll tell you who we're thinking about. Tail Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
1: And we're back. Fellas. Did we could. Listen to the radio listen. on Hail Varsity
2: Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
4: Yes, that's awesome.
2: A few minutes, Jay Moore's with us. Hail Varsity Radio at Jay Moore 44 is where you find him on Twitter, his podcast, more to it. And uh, can find that with the at Media outlet, uh, Spotify, uh, Google Play, iTunes, where you can download more to it. Jay, uh, a thought here as uh, we look towards the, the NFL. Your impressions from the weekend. Did you ever get a chance to play against Drew Brees at all?
3: yes, he's a special one. I mean, I've been playing yeah. of the game plans and Breeze and, and like Peyton Manning and obviously Brady, there's so many things you have to do defensively and you had to be careful. We're trying to disguise your defenses because you, if you gave him too much, if you, you know, if you disguise too early or you moved out of something into something else, if you gave him too much time, he would just pick you apart. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I remember, you know, whether it was Brady or Peyton Manning or, or Drew Breeze, you know, if you were going to move and, you know, you show a coverage or a front, they always said, can not Make that move call or change into a different defense until there's at least like ten seconds left in the play clock. Just because you can't give him, you can't give him enough time to adjust. Gotcha. If you if you give him fifteen seconds, it's like, oh, he's gonna he's he's gonna change this out. He's gonna they'll just pick you apart. And that's what the great ones do. So that's what I remember about playing him. You had to be so on point. And, and Drew was always really good at getting the ball out. He was super quick. Uh, you know, the rule of thumb was always three seconds. If you don't get the ball out in three seconds, and you're going to, you're probably going to, you know, you, have, you take a chance of getting sacked, and he was always super quick at getting out. He's one of the fewest, uh, you look at the stats in its history, he was always sacked the least, even for, you know, he has such an incredible ability to get the ball out and over, you know, offensive and defensive line, he's not a super tall quarterback. He's not Ben worker ben by any means. I don't, I mean, Drew Brees might be six foot tall. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it's just, his attention to detail is, is always so spot on, and the, you know, and there's you play that long, and I mean, he, you hear stories about him, you know, even on his bye weeks, going into the stadium to duplicate his game day routine, even when they don't have a game, just so he doesn't fall out of rhythm. That's just a different type of, I mean, it's almost like OCD type of stuff, but that's what makes the great ones. You know the Brees, the Peyton mannings they're just attention to detail is, is so spot on and defensively you gotta be you gotta be so on point otherwise they're gonna they're gonna rip you apart
2: back to sue um he's playing at a at a really high level you know are you uh are you on the Tampa wagon or do you think it's gonna be too tough to ask in Green Bay
3: yeah I, don't, I would love to you know to see you know sue and, and Levante and and you know you know, like, get them to the Super Bowl. You know, Brady's been to a ton of them, won a ton of them. You know, Sue was just in a Super Bowl uh, a couple of years ago with with the Rams and, and lost to Brady and uh, the, the Patriots. And so, it's, you know, I would love to see him get the – I just, man, I don't know what the weather's going to look like in Green Bay. And, I mean, oh, I can Aaron Rodgers is, is so good. <laughs> you know, he is. he is so – Good and you know what Devonte uh, Adams is bringing to the table and it's it'll be interesting. I think it'll be a, it'll be a good battle. I just I got to give the nod to Green Bay in in, in this one just because of just how, how good Aaron's the year he's having and what he's he's kind of built around him and kind of getting the running game going a little bit defense playing a little better. That's a crazy thing with Aaron Rodgers if he gets halfway a uh, decent defense you know supporting the offense, like they're Making it deep to the playoffs every year, so we'll see. I mean you do have Brady still, and you do have Tampa Bay's defense, and but I, 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 I lean Green Bay. You know, looking at looking at that one.
2: Jay Moore's with us, Hail Varsity City Radio and Jay Moore forty four. I think uh, Breeze eventually calls it quits. I think Brady is, still looks pretty good. There's enough around him, where he doesn't have to do it all himself and that Tampa D was super opportunistic yesterday, and they are they are rounding into form here as Tampa's playing really good football. The one good team Tampa beat in the regular season was Green Bay, where they slaughtered yeah. them. So yeah. I, I'm not sure if they can replicate that. Rodgers is great. With Kansas City, I think Mahomes will be back. I don't have any inside info on that, but I think they'll find a way to get him in. Are you surprised about Buffalo and allen uh what they are and and the jumps they've made?
3: You know I'm not because you know they get their defense is is solid you know and allen's just is playing at an elite level you get you know some more help around him, you have digs that you come in mm-hmm. and give him another weapon no and i mean not not surprised, and it's just you know it was a playoff team last year and it's just getting, you know, the, the right breaks and, and, you know, even, even you look at their game against, uh, Indianapolis, you know, last week to where, you know, that was a fumble. (laughs) The game should have been over, but they, you know, they didn't call it a fumble and they're still able to overcome that, you know, in years past, I think Buffalo, you know, just, just of their, you know, their history you know, that that would come back to haunt them. But just seems like they're on a mission and they're getting the right bounces they're getting the right breaks and you know Allen's playing great they got they got you know the running games they got a good support in the running game and it's just he's, he's, a th- he's Allen's a threat and you just look at every you know <laughs> you look at the team's left they're all have great quarterbacks obviously Brady Rodgers uh, Mahomes and, and Allen so I mean those are that's what it takes in that game it's all about your QB play uh, you know, ninety percent of the time, so not not surprised at all. You know, they, there's more than enough support around him. They're getting good help from the defense. So uh, I love that's going to be that's going to be a, a fun one. It's kind of a blast from the past. You know, like the early '90s when you hit the Bills, Chiefs, and AFC championships. it'll be will be fun to watch.
2: Bruce Smith in Montana. You're right. Uh-huh. About thirty seconds, Jay. Dirty Dan Sorensen's missile missile shot to the dome. Uh, and the fumble and the touchback, man, that's got everybody up in arms where no targeting call, fumble into the end zone as Cleveland's walking in to, to make it a one point game. Cleveland hung in tough. Kansas City made enough plays without Mahomes, but always some.
3: Yeah, that's. I. Listen, I mean, yeah, I love the no targeting call. I just. He's trying to make a tackle. No, I know. And guys and it, it
2: it was it was uh it was perfectly unperfect, you know, from a timing yeah. and a hit. But man, that was a drill shot.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was a great I mean he got the ball out, you know, the helmet ended up I believe ended up hitting the ball as well. I mean, that's that's a rule that, you know, what I would love to see he fumble it through the end zone. I mean that's yeah. just a bad break towards the offense. You know, I think obviously there needs to be a, a clear recovery, but mm-hmm. if it goes it should this be like it goes out of bounds, you know, I think so many times you have guys that reach out for the pylon to score, and that happens so many times. I wonder if it would ever get readdressed by the the competition committee to say, hey, if you do get fumbled through the end zone and there's no clear recovery by the defense, you know, you're getting it. Maybe maybe you give it to them at the 20, you know, or you or you you give it to them at the 10. But you know, I don't. Sometimes I don't feel like you should lose the ball, you know, when you when it's fumbled through the end zone. Obviously, it's this is a rule that's been in place for since the beginning of football. So I mean to see that gets you know, it, that gets talked about. But yeah, that's uh that was a even even I mean Cleveland had plenty of opportunities, yeah. but how about I mean Chad Henney coming in and, and playing really well when the homes comes out, I thought that was teed up for Cleveland. But <laughs> I mean and Andy Reid showing his showing his uh yes. <laughs> you know, showing his confidence in Chad Henney going for fourth and one. He just could get a quick out to Tyree Kill. I mean that takes some uh It takes some cojones to make those calls, but, you know, you're defending Super Bowl champs, and that's what you do.
2: Jay Moore's with us. Jay, have a good week. We'll talk soon, bud. Thanks for the time.
3: Yep. Yep, we got it. And now.
2: And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Great to have you in on hale Varsity City Radio. Presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. radio. Give me a follow. Give Elijah a follow at uh, Herbal Essence. And we're ten minutes away from Charlie McBride, Mr. Blackshirt. Get his take on Tampa. He is really close with uh, Tampa GM Jason Light. Of course, Sue and Levante and Khalil doing their thing for that Bucks D. And uh, we'll get some insight on Kevin Steele from Coach McBride. Coach Steele worked for Charlie and Coach Osborne from 89 through 94. And uh, we'll hear uh, a little excerpt from uh, Steele's recruiting prowess from uh, the Pride of Fairbury Bill Dolman. A couple weeks old story that was pretty good. This was the best part of the Philip Fulmer press conference today as he announced he is uh, retiring But uh, when you're blowing out a guy trying to save $12.7 million and firing Jeremy Pruitt for cause in Tennessee, this is not what you want your athletic director to say during said press conference.
0: Certainly the recruiting uh, has been been good.
2: I hear that again. Certainly, the recruiting <laughs> uh, has been illegal. It's been good. Expensive. <laughs> oh, Phil, man. <laughs> that was great.
0: I like how he just knows what he
2: started to say, too, like two uh, words in. Oh, end. God, no. I said Good. <laughs> It's been exceptional. we <laughs> have <you> had ten <laughs> t- top ten classes more
0: <laughs> I lost it oh no
2: <laughs> Come on. Oh.
0: certainly the recruiting uh, has been <laughs> it's been good <laughs>
2: Oh, that's so good! <laughs> oh, do we have time? We have time, don't we? Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For Billy D. Oh, yeah. Give me a little Rocky Top with that thing.
4: Kevin was leading the recruiting on on him, and we'd all kind of heard about him. It was down to Nebraska and Clemson and Notre Dame, and. And he says, "Hey Dole, I need a favor from you. We got a we got a kid coming in from Florida tomorrow. His name is Tommy Frazier, and I need a favor because if we get him, I guarantee you we'll win at least two national championships." So, uh, so that was 10:30 at night, and I called. Uh, Jim Carmichael, the late and mm. wonderful producer, director at Nebraska ETV. I said, all right, we got to do something. Kevin Steele wants us to go to Duncan Aviation to meet this plane tomorrow to meet this Tommy Frazier kid. And people knew about him. But he says, I need you to get there and make it look like the media, uh, you know, was all excited about him coming to Nebraska. So I called, I called Carmichael, and, uh, you know, it's about 11 o'clock at night. And, you know, Jim was the producer of Cornhusker Football and then Big Red Wrap-Up and – uh, just a great guy and willing to do whatever and, and Jim and I are really good friends and so he got up and he went to uh, Nebraska ETV and he got this camera package <laughs> and uh, we went out to Duncan Aviation about eight thirty, nine o'clock that morning the plane that comes in and off steps uh, Tommy Frazier and we met him on the runway and did an interview with him
2: hey doe hey doe that was so good yeah, sorry Rocky Top wasn't long enough no that's that's <laughs> fine ll make Ohio in a year from now we'll, we'll just have it put away Seaation and this station. Thanks for hanging out. Hail Bar Varsity Radio with you on a Monday, hour two. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We'll do some recruiting here with Greg Smith in about 20 minutes or so. We welcome in Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, a Monday with Charlie. Coach, how was the weekend? How you doing? It's good. I'm wearing my black shirt. Are you? Well, good. You probably yeah. have a few of them, don't you? Well, I
5: have not, not the ones that my kids haven't stolen from me. So how does that work? No, they're just different (laughs) t-shirts. Well, what happens is that when you work, when the, whoever reworked for Adidas or, Mm -hmm. you know, they they make their shirts and then they give you some. And, you know, at one time I was a large, now I'm extra large and I, was once a double X and you know you keep you have to keep them you have to keep a certain drawer with different you know sizes
2: the options (laughs) right (laughs) right (laughs) well good so do you just get does, does your does your drawer get raided by family members is what it sounds like
5: well they they come in here and I ask them do you want these and they go no and the next day I go look and they're gone
2: Nah. So,
5: yes, yeah, and, I yes I and no. I don't understand why they don't just say yes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's pretty good.
5: Well, they like stealing from their father. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, at least no one's listening, right? So, <laughs> you know, we didn't yeah. call him out publicly or anything. Charlie McBride's with us. Coach, I, I wanted to get your thoughts on A, what what Tennessee's going through. Oh, they, boy. Yeah, oh, oh, boy's right. um and B, just kind of reflect on on Kevin Steele because uh, Kevin worked with you and worked for you from '89 through through '94, right? Okay, let's let's
5: start. For, uh, here's something that you nobody knows, okay? Sure. The, me. Okay. I call. I called Kevin last night. Really? Or the night? No, the night before. Okay. And he was on the beach with his dog, retired. Really? And um, Tennessee kept calling him and calling him. And um, <clears throat> I, I, and he said that he was going back and talk to him. And uh, then uh, he, he told me that he was going into a meeting last night at five o'clock to find out what was going on. Well, today... You know every you know what I know. Mm-hmm. I mean uh, that's what happened. I guess there everybody everybody's gone, and Philip Fulmer, mm-hmm. who was the ex AD, who is a friend of ours. He Philip uh, is going to let the next AD pick the football coach,
2: mm-hmm.
5: which you know I don't know about that one because I think Philip is probably knows many what's right and what's wrong is is anybody but but he wants to do that and so he retired so i haven't talked to kevin tonight but uh or you know today and i'm i don't expect to uh but i think right now that uh um kevin was uh going into a meeting last night to find out what was all going on and that's the last i heard and he said he'd get back to me sometime and I, I said, well, look at I know you're busy. Just let her fly, and so I, I don't expect to hear her anything before you do. Well, but, um,
2: I was going to say he's he's that's, the that's interim kind of coach now. Yeah, he's the interim he's the interim head coach now. They right. uh, they hired him to to be a, an analyst, right? And I, I can yeah, see him they, sitting on the beach, retired, and and then <laughs> hey, will you uh, mine? Will you mind the store for us? But do you think he's got? Do you think he's got a chance at, at being the head coach?
5: Well, I don't know. You know, here's the thing with Kevin. He's you know he's older now, and I, you know, and I felt the same way a little bit when, and and but it was part of my retirement. Was part of it was because I I didn't know I didn't feel like I was really I could connect with the parents, but right. you know to really connect with the kids, I think sometimes. Younger people do a better job than than I would. However, that um, I found out that the kids that are really serious, you know, are are um, more lenient to the old men mm. than, than they were to the younger guys. I mean, you know, like John Garrison, for example, sure. his family and that they, you know, they were really interested in, you know, his education and really some of them watch TV while you're talking to them. You know, so it. <laughs> You know, it's kind of a hard thing to do in some cases. So, um, I I just think it, I'm I'm going to go back a little bit and and tell you something that I really I really believe in. Mm-hmm. I think they ought to draw a circle a 500 mile radius around that place, and they ought to recruit those kind of kids. Sure. I understand Florida's yeah. got speed, and we did too. We yeah. we believed that. But you can go, you can pick and choose a little better when you have you know um good linemen. I think if you have a good front people offense and defensive lines, I think you gotta start, and you gotta start there. I don't care what any coach says in the world. I'm gonna promise you that that's that's where it starts and and somebody asked me one time, what do you?" start with an offensive line and I told him you start with the center mm-hmm. and then you go from there but you, you know uh, I had I had some great centers And I, my first one I had when I started at Wisconsin was Mike Webster he played 18 years in the NFL and had four Super Bowls and he was six foot one Yeah. <laughs> so you know I, and, that, and and so you find out who the football players are Um mm-hmm. I don't know how many times I've listened to these guys on television before games talk a little bit about guys that are football players. The size and that stuff's a bunch of garbage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some guys look like Tarzan, play like Jane, and some guys are five ten, six feet, six one, six two. And if you go back and look at maybe one of the last. Outland Award winners. You're going to find out he was maybe six feet, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it 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 was the kind of coach he had. It was the reason that he was where he is mm-hmm. today. Is, you know, and I don't want to mess with names and stuff. No, People I I trickle- no,
2: I got you. I, I got you. you're talking I, about. You know, Charlie McBride's with us. I, Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, with 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 Kevin Steele, what do you remember about him at Nebraska? And I know that's been a few years back, but what what was well, uh, what was the the relationship like? I know you guys are still close, but just with you coordinating yeah. with him coaching and recruiting.
5: Well, you know, Kevin was a guy that, that per, I personally recommended, and, and it was basically through people that I trusted. Sure. And Kevin was a Kevin. Really, a good coach, and uh, and not only is he a good coach, but I think if you go back, he recruited Tommy Fraser.
2: He's recruited incredible, and, you know.
5: Yeah, and and you know he recruited in that Florida area, and of course if he was. That's one of the things that he is. He's big time. He's not uh, Humpty Dumpty. I mean, he can. <laughs> he's a good recruiter, and and uh, and the one thing about Kevin too is is that he he'd probably brought in some things that we did afterwards was what we call the zone and fire blitzes where we ended up you know and zone blitzes you may come with uh, you know four guys mm-hmm. but you may be dropping your nose tackle <laughs>
2: sure
5: you know so so you can confuse people
2: that's pretty good because you guys use the the zone blitz perfectly against right. Florida, right? Just as an example. Right. But uh, no, I'm right. just interested yeah. to see how this thing plays out with with Tennessee. And I mean, they, coach, I was count, well, counting I, it up. They've been through eight coaches since 2008. That 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 counts you know, interim coaches too.
5: Well, the thing is, is Kevin's getting older, yeah. and, and you know. Um, that's the hard thing, you know, I mean, um, I, I can, I can actually tell you that in, in, in back in the old days when there was time when Frank was there and Mm -hmm. I was there and, you know, other coaches were there and I just, I never felt like I would, would be comfortable at my age to be the head coach at Nebraska. Right. Although you know, as it worked out, I wish I had' have been, but the thing that what is it as it turned out, I, I uh, just didn't feel comfortable with that because mm-hmm. I knew now, as a head coach, I may have been a better recruiter. I mean, you know, I mean, sure. like Tom was, you know, just going on, on special kids and that. And uh, but recruiting is is a, is a heart is the heart and soul of of your uh, your football team. And uh, good recruiters are something, and that that's hard to figure out when you try to get a good coach and a recruiter at the same time. You know, those are the that's the trick in it a little bit. Um, you know, as it goes. But uh, I think back when Philip Philip Fulmer and I are good friends, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I've I've uh, talked to him several times. I've spoke down there when he was the head coach with the coaches and. Uh, John Chavis, who actually John Chavis is, if you look in his background, who's at LSU and mm-hmm. Tennessee, and you know, and that, and Kevin's roommate, by the way, in college. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> so, so, you know, it was, uh, you know, th- this circle is very tight. It's very big, but it's it, it still is very tight. I'm right now. I made two phone calls today for players that have called me who I have not coached, or Roy. I know their families. I know their. I know them personally since they were kids. I've called coaches to try to help them get jobs. Okay. So, I haven't lost my um, ability to lie. <laughs>
2: I think you're just doing favors, Coach, is how we deem it.
5: <laughs> no, I, didn't, I, I, I don't really mean that. That's a joke. But, I know, uh, I know. You know, I mean, I would never rec- – <laughs> I promise you I'd never recommend anybody that I didn't really believe in.
2: No, I, I don't I don't disagree with you. Uh,
0: coach, when you look at this, this Tennessee job, I mean, Jeremy Pruitt was a great longtime assistant in Alabama, and – we, I mean, you mentioned how you being the the head football coach in Nebraska you wouldn't even wanted it. But what are the differences between a good assistant coach and, and a good head coach? Like, what what traits would you say an assistant coach needs to turn into a good, an effective well, college head coach?
5: I think Jeremy's a good head coach. Now let's let, let's go back and and check the NCAA's rules where they. Uh, a co assistant coach can go out and uh, he can do things the head coach doesn't have a clue doesn't know what he's doing. He's trying to get ahead. He's trying to do some things, mm-hmm. and some guys will stretch that. And uh, that's I think that's what he I think that's what he went through. I think he was. I think the whole thing he was released a lot of it was under this rule because they it goes right back to the head coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you could be the phantom and and um, one of your assistants does something and, and you're the one to blame for it because you're supposed to know exactly, you know, what he does, where he is, everything. And it's like babysitting a hundred and some guys on a, on a trip.
2: Coach, <laughs> a thought here as we got a couple minutes left. Did you watch uh, Tampa this weekend? Did I watch who? Tampa Bay, Sue and Levante and yeah. did you watch the Bucks? What'd you think?
5: Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're they get better every time they play. Yeah. And I think a, a lot of that has to do they have a new coaching staff. Mm-hmm. They have a new quarterback. And and as you know, you know, at the beginning of the year, you know, everybody expects oh, you know, Brady's going to do all this stuff and do this and that. Um, you can't you can't just have a guy walk in there and, and the timing and the, everything that has to do with routes and the same thing with linebackers mm-hmm. and he he's as he's he's as good a linebacker as there is in the NFL. He can run like a scalded dog, and and the guy is a is a player every play every play. I mean, there's not a play you can watch him if he's ever loafed in his life, I don't think he'd, he'd probably get mad at himself more than anything. And we had players like that that would – you didn't have to yell at them because they're yelling at themselves Sure. For making a mistake, you know.
2: No, Levant, so. Levante's a, a lot of fun to watch. He's been incredible. Sue's playing a ton of snaps. Khalil Davis is getting some time. And we'll see if they can get it done in Green Bay. Coach, we'll talk to you next Monday. And we'll see if uh, Jason Light and Tampa's headed uh, well back to Tampa for the Super Bowl.
5: <laughs> yeah, I hope so. That'd be really nice, you know, and that'd be good. I, I felt a little, little bad, you know, about uh, you know some teams. Some teams, you know, you know guys that are coaching there, and you know that and you feel mm-hmm. bad for them and this and that. So, but anyway, I'll be looking forward to talking to you next week.
2: Well, uh, make sure Coach Steele uses some sunscreen. All right.
5: Uh, okay I'll do it Take thanks care. for calling uh, good to hear it. from okay. you Bye now.
2: there he is Mr. Blackshirt Charlie McBride that's funny I can hear that phone call with Coach Steele what two nights ago yeah I'm retired coach I'm on the beach with me and my dog Tennessee's calling yeah, how about that for Hale Varsity Radio getting the scoop today well <laughs> they gotta go to a meeting I mean Coach Steele I hope he gets it. I just don't know. That would that, be awesome. I don't know that he will. But the guy that they they should throw money at is Luke Fickle. I mean, that would be incredible. Greg Smith's on the way. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. That was good stuff from Charlie McBride. Uh, not quite on the call with Kevin Steele, but not far enough removed either from Mr. Blackshirt. <laughs> it's Coach Steele and Coach McBride. Stay in touch. Some impressive thoughts, too, on Tampa and Levante from Coach McBride. Get that on the on-demand portion of ESPN Lincoln under Hale Varsity. Podcast will be uploaded a little bit later on the uh, HerDat media platform. So many incredible podcasts to check out. We're posted there. Um, also, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. And the podcast, it's also incredible. So many from Hale Varsity and the folks that work and write. Uh, Greg Smith, Jay Foreman, man, just uh, a weekly treat. Can check that out uh, on those same platforms. We welcome in Greg Smith to talk recruiting at Greg Smith HV. Mr. Greg, how was the weekend?
6: Uh, it was good. Uh, nice and relaxing. watched a lot of football. Uh, kind of hung out. like it, it was
2: pretty good. I did five packages of wings in the air fryer yesterday with old Bay, with some devil's spit, and then with just some some uh, just some buffalo glaze. And they were they were pretty well done. i I, I need to just stick with the old bay salt pepper. And some McCormick's dry rub, because that, that crisps up the best in the air fryer. But they were pretty good yesterday.
6: You know, it's funny. I, I think we're going to have to make a trip to the grocery store here after this. So you might have just added something to my weekly menu, my friend.
2: Dude, I mean, it, it's it's all good. You pour a few beers or a vodka or all of it, and then and do some right. air fryer. And you just watch football all Sunday. It's not bad. It's good. And I'm sure you may, I don't think you're going to get next weekend good weather, but I, I contemplated smoking or grilling, but I went to air fryer and I wasn't disappointed.
6: Yeah, I thought about it as well um, and did not end up doing it either. But, I, you know, it's funny. We're right in kind of that in-between. Like, even today, it's kind of like that. Right? I think it was like high thirty-eight, yeah. like that. And you're like, man, you go out there. As long as I get this fire started, I can get this <laughs> thing going, get back in the house, and then kind of do what I need to do.
2: Well, you mentioned fires. How does Tennessee put out their fire?
6: Man, that one's going <laughs> to be tough. Um, because they're in a a world of hurt for a lot of reasons. One, um, when you have so much coaching turnover, um, your job starts to become diminished a little bit, but then you also are under kind of the NCA's watch for these recruiting violations and whatever's happening there. Um, We don't know if Phillip is going to even be around to make a hire. And then, oh, by the way, if you get that job, you're in the SEC and you've got to at least deal with Nick Saban and then whatever other hot school Mm -hmm. is going on at the moment, your Florida, your LSU, someone else is always rising up. Um, That's a heck of a spot to have to be in and to be having to make that coaching search now um, man, that's going to be really tough. I do not envy their position at all. No,
2: Kevin Steele, one of the the recruiting greats, is is interim, and he is taken programs: Nebraska, Florida State, uh, Clemson, Alabama. Where that was Saban's first hire, Auburn. Yep. I mean, he's been the key cornerstone with with recruiting. Where, where programs have gone from good or almost there to over the top so there's there's worse guys to hire away and have on staff you know as it as it looks out for this 2021 and 2022 cycle how much crossover has there been recently with nebraska and tennessee competing for the same guys i know that you look at the last 10 years it wasn't that out of the realm of possibility nebraska and tennessee were going after the same dudes
6: Yeah, it seemed like a few years ago, and maybe when, especially when Frost first got to Nebraska, it felt like they were always crossing paths on the trail. Um, In this last cycle or so, it has not uh, seemed like that that's been picking up. It seems like Nebraska um, has crossed paths with Auburn a lot more. Like Auburn has been kind of a weird one, where Nebraska is always on the same list with them. Uh, But Tennessee has been one that they have not necessarily crossed paths with, with a ton Which is kind of interesting because you would think that they would do it more, uh, but they just haven't. But you're right on about the Kevin Steele deal. There's worse people to have kind of helm in the thing right now. Um, And, you know, seeing how their last search went, uh, you could end up with him just being the guy at least in the interim and see if he can go ahead and take this thing and run with it.
2: Well, I mean, the last kind of crossover was Adrian Martinez. I mean, because he was committed to Butch. And then decommitted, and, and then Frost went and got him. Greg, as, as we look at, at, tell me about spots available here for February 3rd. How many spots are available? And when it comes to attrition, are you expecting more departures from Nebraska to maybe open up that existing number?
6: So, okay, so here's the thing it's two issues there. One, I think that there's one or two, maybe two spots left in the class. unfortunately, if there is any more attrition that does not wiggle free any additional spots for this 2021 class essentially the 25 number that they can take this year is the 25 number uh, no matter who leads the team that's currently on the team which is unfortunate because Nebraska will have no problem being at the 85 scholarship limit um, but it's really the 25 that ends up hurting them at this point. Um, in time, it would be nice, and this is something that I think that coaches are really going to push more for, especially in this era of the transfer portal, that there is some sort of tweak from the NCAA with this whole deal. Because if you, as you can imagine, if you just think it out, if Nebraska loses, let's say they lose six guys, um, from their team and they can't replace any of that through recruiting if they wanted to, because they're button up against that 25. Um, that puts them in a really bad position, or it, 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 what will more likely happen is that they have deserving walk-ons that can get those scholarships. But if you had an opportunity to have a combination of both, where maybe you have the six, three, you'll go to, go to walk-ons and three, you can, you know, take chances on other high school kids. That would probably be preferred but i think this thing has spiraled so quickly out of control um and so quickly with the ncaa and we as we all know the ncaa doesn't exactly react quickly Um, so hopefully that's something that's on their radar to get looked at for schools because the schools are going to need a little protection on this as well
0: greg while we're talking about the transfer portal uh, let's take us back to tennessee because with a late coaching change like this in january uh, you'd expect at least a couple guys to be in the transfer portal. Do you know if there's any names on Tennessee's uh, roster that at least you're interested in or you think maybe the, the Huskers could be interested in?
6: Hey, you know it's crazy is the, the name that, that uh, everyone was interested in uh, was Wanya Morris, who was a former five-star recruit who was at Grayson High School. and Grayson High School, uh, down in Georgia, sounds familiar to you. That's because Ronald Tompkins. Uh, went to that school, Moberry went to that school. They had a whole host of guys that have gone D1 from there. Um, but he actually just announced today that he's going to leave Tennessee and, pl- and go to Oklahoma. Um, so other than that, I don't know if there's um, any names that are immediate, um, but I would definitely be keeping an eye out to see what happens with Tennessee and those guys because as we know now, when these coaching changes happen, anything can happen because from whether or not current players go into the portal, or if you end up in a situation where their current commits that have just signed um, try to get out of their letters of intent as well, and we do know that because of what's happening with those investigations, they did recruit well, right? That wasn't the actual issue until Fomer <laughs> had that funding line. That was so um, good today. <laughs> it was so good, man. Um, so we know they recruited well, but we'll see if those kids still want to go there, or if you know, their nudge-nudge wink-wink agreements that they had are still valid.
2: Well, if, if they Somehow get a blessing from the SEC commissioner and go get you Freeze, and they have Kevin Steele on staff to run the defense. There's no way that they don't stay in the top five in recruiting because Kevin Steele's done that anyway. But you can't blow out a guy and try and save 12.7 million dollars and then go hire you Freeze as much as you want to. You just you just can't do it, Greg.
6: Yeah, that, that's a tough situation. And I think that they spoke and Watching a little bit of that press conference today. They alluded a lot to kind of like clean program, integrity, those sorts of things. I don't know. If Brother, you've had Bruce
2: turnaround. Pearl there before.
6: Yeah, I mean, Tennessee has tried some stuff. Like, you can't say that Tennessee hasn't, you know, made a go of it. Because uh, it definitely made the attempt, you know, by hook or by crook to get this thing right. Um, in, in multiple sports at that. So, uh, we'll see what happens with them. I wouldn't put anything past, you know, Tennessee and what they've got going on down there.
2: Well, and, and you think we're bad. Look at the guy now. that You know, I mean, come on. It's the SEC, right? Not to get sued by right. anybody, but... You think we cheat. I mean, (laughs) I did find that interesting but you
6: were laughing and that is true though. Like I did find it interesting because it does feel like to you that like once every five or six years it feels like someone gets caught. Someone's going like to jail. Yeah. 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 Like, I could feel like that could happen a lot more. Um, you would think it would. It just doesn't. So maybe that's why when you do get caught, um, you end up getting fired because you're, your administration is looking at you like, "How is everybody else in this conference in the SEC figured out a way to get this done? But you can't.
2: No. You get better at the deception, right? Okay. Right. Devin Towney, talk to me here. I know he's a high school four star. Herm had him and he's kind of cooled on Arizona State outside linebacker defensive end. How do you feel about him in Nebraska?
6: Yeah, it's an interesting one. So, like, we talked about Nebraska having those two spots available. We we can confidently say that one of those spots is earmarked for Avante Dickerson, right? Uh, Whether or not he ends up taking it is a different story. We'll see. Uh, But they, they would like him to be in the class. They have one other spot, really. And as things kind of shift, and this is why everything is kind of related, as things kind of shift, with um, the seniors returning especially on that defense and you figure out what your needs are in the portal maybe Nebraska looks and says okay we don't need to take another guy in the portal because we have these guys coming back like Jojo Doman at the outside yeah. linebacker position so we can take a guy like Davin Townley uh, who's up in Minnesota an area that Nebraska has recruited before it's been a little bit hit or miss um, but he's got a lot of potential He's 6-4 um, probably 240 ish, so probably a little bit lighter than that, but he's a really athletic kid um, that played basketball. So, you know, he's got good, like I said, good athleticism, but he's scratching the surface on his potential. I think that you could do a lot worse um, in a late, um, in the cycle kind of pickup if Nebraska could get him. Um, I think Nebraska competing with Penn State amongst other schools for him, um, but Nebraska's going to be right in the thick of things, and we'll see when he actually wants to make a decision.
2: Greg, about 20 seconds. How do you feel about Avante? I know it's Nebraska and Oregon. Is that fair? And Minnesota is probably on the periphery.
6: Yeah, I've always felt a little, you know, weird about him ending up at Minnesota once he didn't sign. I think you assume all bets are off. If it's Nebraska and Oregon, I like Nebraska's chances because he never had a chance to get out to Oregon. That's even further away from Omaha. Uh, So I like Nebraska's chances there. And the the benefit, besides playing with his friends, is that that defensive backfield is wide open after this season. You come in, learn from Travis Fisher for a year, and then you you can walk into a spot.
2: Greg Smith, uh, great stuff recruiting. Follow him on Twitter at Greg Smith HV, read him, hailvarsity.com and magazine. Check his podcast out iTunes, Spotify, Google Play with Jay Foreman. Uh, Greg, be good. Thanks for the time.
6: Hey, thanks, man. I'm going to get those chicken wings.
2: Chime in
1: 402 466 ESPN or email the show, Chris at hailvarsity.com.
0: Just try me. Try me.
2: Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Open phones here, rest of the way, 466-3776, 466-3776, 800-825-5865. We'll spend some time on Deshaun Watson. If you're Nebraska, a couple of questions for you. One, do you shift if this portal is going to be a reality? Do you shift to more of a focus on recruiting the portal? And let's just spend a second on Nebraska basketball. Look at Nebraska's last ultra successful team. Right, you had James Palmer, transfer from Miami. You had, uh, help me out, big dude, great shooter, kind of the leader till he hurt his knee against Maryland. Oh,
0: oh, oh,
2: oh, Georgetown five star. Yeah, oh, uh, some Copeland. Yeah, Isaac. Isaac's Copeland. awesome, and I should just be able to roll Copeland. Right off of my, I was struggling too. The, the basket there's been so much turnover. No, but but, but on the, the year, your ne- Nebraska went to the, the the NIT and they got whacked by Mississippi State. They were they were a top four, ten and six Big Ten team, right? And a, and we'll just say it, it was a down Big Ten, but that's not Nebraska's fault. But I mean, it really popped uh, with the, the transfer market. Petaway was a transfer, right? I mean, so. Who uh, who is the, the big man Pitchford? He was a transfer. Yeah, too. Walt was money. Walt was from Florida. Walt was Walt was from a sweet sixteen squad. Okay. <laughs> Walt was choosing Kentucky or Florida, okay, out of out of high school. So in football, do you shift a little bit to the portal? Right? I mean you, you saw it with Step, okay. Uh Nebraska went and did that with um with Vedral. Okay, he's a Central Florida guy. The safety that was at Nebraska that first year that that transferred from Central Florida. Forget his name, too. God, I'm over. Trey Neal. Yeah, Trey Neal, thanks. Neal's a good dude, helps with the defense, okay? So do you shift from going four-year to 50 50 this with, with the portal? Because you'd always kind of comb the JUCOs, and Nebraska... When they, when they hit, would hit really well with Juco's. This is when Charlie was coaching. They have been very much miss to date with Juco's. Where, you know, Bell didn't finish his time here. There's still time for Omar Manning, but Omar Manning didn't play or contribute this year. And then the the Woodyards of the world um didn't didn't do much okay so now i'll say this i mean will hone has been a hell of a football player for him right Mm -hmm. will honest has been good and there's still time for like a nico cooper uh feldarius Payne was good i mean he he had some nice uh plays this year for nebraska so it it is it's exactly what it is hit or miss so i'm just anxious to see what type of If there is a philosophical shift towards more of the portal, if this is going to be how you're going, it's going to be how you have to live Um, because theoretically you're getting somebody better that wants a different situation, but you're also having somebody leave a program. So you worry about that quit factor or let me move on. Factor. Well,
0: I mean, the, the the big pro is though is you can go take a guy that's already had two years. No, in I a know, and, weight program. And, and
2: you've and you've got tape, and there's been some moments because Lord knows there's some good moments from Step. If he stays healthy, the other side of this thing too is with uh, with Nebraska. I'm really interested to see how uh, they they just kind of figure out their next move offensively, mm-hmm. right? Do hey. do you? Do you shift your idea of what the offense is going into 2021? Good defense, got to fix and figure out special teams, but you're going to have some experienced linemen, got to figure out your running back, you've got a running quarterback. Is this the year maybe you're more run heavy? And you've been quarterback run heavy, but I'm talking option element where it's a little bit different look and a departure from what you ran at Central Florida cuz you've got two guys as we talk right now that are really good running quarterbacks in Adrian and Luke and they are they they've shown moments of really good at play action or throwing on the move
0: yeah honestly if honestly if they can run the the triple option out of the wishbone
2: <laughs> you, mean, back you, mean, you mean that third drive against Ohio State? When it worked? Well, that was awesome. Oh. and That, and that was we, the loudest cheer since Henry's bang field goal, you know what? And I understand <laughs> that they pulled out for the drive. Kind of
0: joking. I mean, Just to see if something would work, though, but why have we not seen it since? We saw, like, what, once against Purdue later that year, and that was, like, it? And I understand that's not what Scott Frost wants his offense to be, but based on what I've seen out of it, which is very limited, it's worked. And it's worked better than his offense did this year.
2: No, I, I don't disagree. Uh, What's going to work in, in Houston for their quarterback spot, the Texans? That was a great segue, by the way. Thank you. Uh, you have Deshaun Watson urging fans not to protest. You had a, a Texans fan tweet out, I'm off Monday. This tweet went out Saturday night. I'm headed down to protest at NRG. We get enough people, we can get things to change. Let's make things happen. Well, Deshaun Watson going to Twitter, I'm hearing there's a march planned on my behalf today. Although I'm humbled, I ask that whoever's organizing this march cancel it for the sake of public safety. COVID is spreading at a high rate, and I don't want any fans to necessarily expose themselves to infection. So, yeah. And then there was a report from, was it Schefter this weekend? That, we'll hear from Schefter in two
0: seconds. Yeah, they think there's people down around Houston think that this is the end of the line for Deshaun Watson in Houston. But then I see the the report today that apparently the Texans have zeroed in on enemy That they want him to be their head coach, but the problem is enemy wants roster control and the Texans don't want to give him Damn roster right. control. Damn if
2: right. If I'm if i Biennemi... I get that in blood, not in ink. <laughs> that I have roster control, so you're not trading my my Pro Bowl crew.
0: Well, uh, look what happened. Bill O'Brien had roster control. And what do he do? He ships off their best no, player, Jerry well, Hopkins.
2: Bill Bryan's a my way or the highway guy, and he's a that, that's another name for Tennessee. Honestly, I mean he's really got a, he's got a great eye for talent. But here is Shefty on Deshaun Watson. This is interesting because, and let's get to it, it's, it's interesting because of where Watson could end up.
1: Because Deshaun Watson gets to pick, again, the Texans can
2: solicit whatever
1: offers they want. But ultimately, it's going to come to what Deshaun Watson wants. Have you noticed he spent a lot of time in New York recently? He's there right now in New York, New Jersey. Maybe that appeals to him, Greeny. We know that Miami might appeal to him. So there are two teams, by the way, with the second and third picks in the draft, So it's not difficult to come up with a scenario under which the Jets or the Dolphins could satisfy the Houston Texans. Now, the question is, where does Deshaun Watson want to go? Because, again, I believe he influences and dictates it once the Texans get to a point that they fully recognize the trouble that they're in with their quarterback.
2: Man. So I'll say this. Jets under sala would be okay. I don't know that the Jets have a lot of weapons. Uh, I don't know that you move on from Tua yet, but you do if you can get Deshaun will wind down on Monday next.
1: Miss us?
0: Come here, brother. Hey, man, huh? Bring it in for the real thing.
1: We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at hailbarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio.
2: Ken emails in, Chris at hailvarsity.com. There has been nothing to cheer about in major men's since Sit Down Sunday. Wisconsin. i remember that that was fantastic drank a lot of beer ate a lot of pizza watching that game sue was even in the front row phenomenal well,
0: we can cheer that nebraska basketball doesn't have to get killed this week
2: oh <laughs> yeah i guess there's one way of looking at <laughs> that's the downer way COVID to get a covid
0: outbreak Because we were supposed to play, was it Ohio State this weekend?
2: No, you're supposed to get Minnesota Mm -hmm. to Wednesday, and then Iowa this weekend. Iowa,
0: that was it. Yeah, I'm glad we're not getting killed by Iowa this weekend.
2: You know, here's the thing, though. Nebraska was playing better, but still, it's a mess, man. I feel horrific for Hoiberg, because, I mean, that guy is awesome and has health concerns, obviously, and... You have COVID and it just goes from from one dude to however many. I mean, it's not not good, but you gotta you gotta pause. Now my question is, is the the piggy bank that is the NCAA tournament is the main source of revenue for the NCAA. They have all of their tentacles on that. And you've got Duke and Carolina that's been postponed. And Coach Kay's come out and said, what the hell are we doing? Uh, you know, Patino's like, you know, we should push this thing back. Now, the Patino and the NCAA are, 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 are bros. But even uh, Coach Cal, you know, you see what kind of a mess Kentucky is this year. I mean, I, I think they'll get an NCAA tournament in because it's all bubbled in Indianapolis. But if you get a major outbreak before that, you got to push this thing back or they just say screw it i mean it it was an absolute grind for football you could see that joy on saban's face not the uh, all right i'm ready to get off of the podium so i can go recruit he the way saban acted after his championship a week ago tonight really told me the story of and you've, you've seen it and heard it from Scott Frost and the players anyway. Just the, the commitment it took so you could get as many games in as possible. So, speaking of basketball, tonight going to have Baylor and Kansas tip off here locally on ESPN Lincoln around uh, 745. We'll have the Jayhawks and the Bears going on for you. Uh, and more college basketball throughout the week and into the weekend. Iowa and Indiana, uh, Iowa and Indiana coming up. I think Thursday night. Yeah, so.
0: Kansas coming off that loss to Oklahoma State last week. Kate mm-hmm. Cunningham, Donovan Williams got the job done last week. How
2: many minutes has Donovan been playing? Uh, like five a game. Yeah. How's he taking that? We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> no, I know. I, I know the answer. It was
0: just for the room. Um, It, it can't be well. No. I mean, he wants to play. That's every college athlete does, but right now he's stuck behind the number one player in the country, Cade Cunningham. And
2: and Cade's a good ball player. Mm -hmm. To at Oklahoma State, can't go to the NCAA tournament this year. Self-imposed ban. If there is an NCAA tournament this year. Well, he laid that out. You know, maybe you make a UNLV deal. Just ban us next year. Let us roll this year. You want to see him on TV, too. All right, Coach Kaz and uh, Mitch Sherman tomorrow. Thanks for spending time on Hale Varsity.